Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right. Well, good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hopefully you're having a great week. You've reached the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich Birch, the host around here. Uh, and today we have a real treat. We've got Warren Bird on the line. Warren is the Director of Research and Intellectual Property. I believe that's your title, isn't it, uh, Warren? Yeah, Intellectual Capital Yes, it's uh, it's whatever sounds good. I'll take <laughs> nice at Leadership Network. And uh, this week, you might have heard around the web there was a report that's super important. I think everybody, every church leader, should take a look at this. It's the Leadership Network Generis Multi-Site Church Scorecard. Um, and so, Warren, why don't we start by uh, you telling us a little bit about the scorecard? What what is this report? Well. We did the largest ever survey of multi-site churches. Uh, the vast majority were in the United States, then Canada after that, then Europe after that, and, and so forth. Uh, and we pulled it all together, and uh, then we had the kind of the naming sponsorship of, uh, of Generis, which is why their name gets in the title. And also they did a section later in the report on the funding, because the money question, you know, and, and probably bigger, the stewardship question, the generosity question. Uh, is a big part of you know how do how do we make multi-site work, uh, and so they landed in on that part, and uh, it's a great report. It's got over 25, at, at least I thought they were 25, big discoveries of, of wow. We came up with most of the questions by asking people. Actually, Rich, you were among uh, the different ones. We said, hey, what are people wanting to know out there? And of course, we asked a lot of multi-site leaders themselves, and then we built that into the survey. Absolutely. Um, now, there was, like you said, there's 25 of these kind of surprising. Uh, were there, you know, one or two of them that, to you as the author, were particularly surprising that kind of jumped to the top uh, for you and kind of because this isn't the first time you've done a report like this. This is the second or third report on multi-site. Um, what were the things that kind of jumped out this time for you? Well, actually, one of the few questions we asked a second time because I it was my biggest surprise in the last round we did back in 2010 was uh, about lay involvement. It was a simple question. Since you became multi-site, uh, did your lay involvement level increase, remain the same, or decrease? Hmm. And to our absolute surprise, again, the upper 80th percentile, so like 9 out of 10 churches said it's increased, wow. which, which really goes against any stereotypes people have of, oh, it's just you know a talking head and and a, a, a bunch of spectators. No, not at all. It's a mobilization vehicle as well. Hmm. You know, over the years, I, that's one of those things I've, I've said, even just in my own church and to other churches, that, you know, the, the best way, the kind of most predictable way I know of to mobilize lots of people into service is through launching a new campus. Um, and it, I've seen that time and time again in our, in our own context. Anything else that jumped out kind of in those top one or two uh, from a surprising point of view? Well, uh, another big surprise was how many are growing. 85% of the surveyed churches said they're growing, and not just growing at a small rate. It averages out at 14% per year wow. since they went multi-site. Now, that wow. does not mean that becoming multi-site makes you start growing. What it right. does, at least the way we understood it, is 
these are churches that are going somewhere, they've got momentum, and multi-site became a vehicle to extend that momentum. Okay, so the city zoning board says we can't build bigger. Fine, we'll just take the church elsewhere. Or so there's a group of people over here that may not come over to where we are, or may not work with our style of building and all. We'll take church to them. And so it's this disciple-making, great commission stuff that is just another pathway to do so. All right. Now, one of the things I noticed um, that it seems like the the size of church that is going multi-site is shrinking, and it seems like every time we talk about it or do one of these reports, it comes out smaller and and smaller. Or you know, it's it's hovering at that kind of a thousand or eleven hundred somewhere in that range. Why do you suspect that is? Okay. First, just to affirm, yes, multi-site. Originally, at the first surge, was the domain of mega churches attendance 2,000 and higher, and it keeps inching down. Now, the average right now for when did you go multi-site is 1,200 according to that survey, but we think that's high still because we have a disproportionate. The leadership network tends to work with larger churches, and they tend to therefore be the ones that do our surveys more than others, and so we kind of got a lopsided effect of bigger ch churches. Um, now, you really asked the question, why? And I think there's several reasons. First, because it's been done out there, and people are saying, well, if, if they can do it, and if they can do it, then maybe this is something that our church could do. Right. The common knowledge of how to do it. I mean, there I was part of two books, Multi-Site Church Revolution, Multi-Site Church uh, Road Trip. Uh, there have been other conferences. Everything else is out there so that the, the training is available, the technology gets simpler and simpler for how do you do multi-site. That's not just video teaching. It, it, you may not even choose to do that, but it's how do we communicate across campuses? How do we share information? How do we make the website so that, you know, hey, pick your campus or uh, and all. There are many different pieces of the technology that are all becoming easier. Nice. Yeah, that, you know, that relates to another part of the report where, um, you know, I've often wondered, you know, you could they kind of talk about how, you know, multi-site, I think the oldest church in your survey was 26 years, was it? 23 years? 23 years. We had several that had been multi-site for 23 years. But another big surprise was the average, the, the median for how long have you been multi-site was four years. Wow. Which says, wow, this is a, a new, uh, ongoing, growing, recent uh, development. Yeah, that, I was amazed at that part of the survey where it talked about, you know, so there have been churches that have been around for a long time, but it seems like really the movement is gaining momentum, that it's really exploded over the last, say, 10 years, and then, and then if anything, it seems to be picking up momentum. It seems like there's a real upswing in people, you know, anticipating or, or thinking about going multi-site. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, it, it's it's much like years ago when you went to a second worship service. It's like, oh, well, you know, we've got the facilities, we've got the, 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 the staff, we've got the, you know, if God is going to entrust some more souls into our care, why don't we do the second service? So, mm -hmm. so ultimately the why is a great commission, uh, disciple-making uh, response. Why multi-site? Because it's it's just one more tool that can easily be used, uh, and that that seems in many cases to have good fruit. 
Nice. Now, one of the th conversations I seem to find myself in all the time with churches that are thinking about going multi-site is the kind of the whole core group size that they're launching out into, you know, into a new location. Um, what talk us through what you learned about, um, you know, kind of from an industry perspective, what churches are doing on that side? Well, we ask a few questions on that. First, we ask, tell us the makeup of your launch team, and no surprise, it was two-thirds adults and one-third kids. So whatever numbers I'm about to give you, um, just think of them in that, in that ratio. Then people say, okay, so tell me the average launch team size, and I don't want to do that. In the report, which is a free download, and I'm not just saying this to get the report, though yeah. I, I think you'll benefit a lot more than, than hearing me, but, but if I give you a number, then you'll generalize that for you. And what we did is we took different church sizes, and, and we said, okay, what was the launch team size for you? So, and you can imagine a church of 10,000 is probably going to do a different launch team size than a church of 500 that goes multi-site. And also, it's model-specific. If you are launching in the sense of we're going to have a full-service you know, campus across town where we do everything and it's a standalone and you're never going to need to come to the sending campus, well, you're going to launch on a different scale than if you're, if you're seeding a new area as if you're, you're planting a church and building from the ground up. Nice, very, uh, you know, very good. One of the parts, obviously, a big part of this is leadership development. Is, you know, the campus pastors are critical in this whole deal. And one of the things that surprised me, frankly, was the high number of um, campus pastors that were found internally. Partially because, just to be honest, we've, you know, have typically looked outside because we've had a hard time raising those people up internally. Now, what have you seen as patterns? Now, I know you can't speak to specific, you know, churches, but what have been some good patterns you've seen in kind of leadership development and raising up leaders, um, either through this study or just through your, you know, interacting with multi-site churches? Okay, first the number, 87% of churches uh, have a campus pastor, and the actual number is higher, campus pastor who devotes three-quarter or more of their time to specific campus and those 13% that didn't we asked well why not and they're like oh we do we just are in between campus pastors or we do we just split the campus pastor between our two smaller sites or whatever and also another question we ask you know who do you hire who is the first hired person for your new campus and campus pastor rated the highest now where do you get those campus pastors we ask and the vast majority as you pointed out are internal now internal really means two different things on the one hand, it may mean a true homegrown person. We won this person to Christ. You know, they began to lead small groups. They began to coach small groups. They be, you know, there was a pathway where this is a natural progression to you say, hey, great, it looks like you've got the gifts and the calling. Take this next step and, and uh, lead the campus. But campus pastors are also hired in the sense that you're brought on staff, maybe from the outside, but you spend six months, a year, two years, really getting the DNA of the church so that when right. you go out to launch the campus, you embody who the church is and all about them. And so in, in a certain sense, you've hired that person mm -hmm. from outside. But, but in another sense, they are homegrown in that you have really built them into your church first. Right, okay. 
Well, Warren, I've really appreciated your your time today. Just one last question uh, before we let you go. I'm sure you're you're a busy guy. Got other people to talk to. Um, you know, what's one thing, uh, a question that you know you come to the end of this report, you have it all printed, it looks nice, the graphic designer hands it back to you, uh, and then you're like, gosh, we should have asked that question. Uh, what's one of those questions that you wish you would have asked this time around? Well, first, I've never done a survey this long. We thought, mm. okay. Because I gathered up so many questions from people like you, Rich. You helped give us input on the survey questions, uh, and a lot of multi-site people. Hey, what do you want to know about other multi-sites? And so mm -hmm. we kept put it, and it was very difficult to pare down. So we said, all right, we'll make a longer survey, and we just got. That's why we have like 25 plus discoveries because <laughs> because we asked so many questions. But even so, yes, there are other questions that I am accumulating. <laughs> and while I have my interest, I'm more interested in people writing to me at research at leadnet.org, uh, leadnet as in leadershipnetwork.org, and tell me what you'd like to know. And I'll put that in my folder of potential questions because that's how I build all our surveys. We really want to serve churches. What are their felt needs? What are the questions they're asking? Uh, how can we put some tools back in their hands? Yeah, one of the questions that I had submitted to you, it was fun to see it come, you know, actually in the final report, and it was the question around, you know, what percentage of churches are, you know, are looking at launching a new campus, and I was surprised that number came out at 57% of churches in the next 12 months, which, because in the last report, I, you know, it, we didn't have that kind of, we knew how many they had, but didn't know, well, do people intend to continue to launch new campuses? And uh, I was, you know, it was encouraging to see that. And so I, you know, if people have got, you know, a question like that, I'd encourage you to email it in, research at, at leadnet.org, and you never know. It might end up in one of the world-famous Warren Bird reports in the future. <laughs> uh, well, so the, the report well, is a free download, and uh, we just are eager to put it in your hands, and uh, Rich will give you the link for that. Yeah, that link will be in the show notes. It's at leadnet.org. I'm sure you'll have a big splash page up on there to find it, uh, but we'll also link to it today. Warren, thanks so much for your time. God bless you in your ministry, Rich. You're on the front lines. Keep at it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.